Hi, you're listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, where we bring you the rich life histories of the incredible men and women enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. Innovators, pioneers, entrepreneurs, geniuses. These are the individuals who not only shaped blues music, but paved the path for all forms of American music that followed. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is brought to you by the Blues Foundation. For more information about the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. We continue our series with the greatest of the Delta Blues singers, Skip James. James came into the blues world in 1931 with a series of efforts released on Paramount Records. From day one, James was an artist, and he had a sound all his own. It's well known that blues artists borrowed from each other, guitar licks, lyrics, and so forth. But Skip James was special, really special, unique among Delta bluesmen. And his singing, his repertoire, and his intricate guitar playing had a profound influence on his contemporaries and all that came after. Even Robert Johnson, the king of the Delta Blues himself, openly copied some of Skip James' trademark songs and sounds. This is his story. Every evening, the hands watched Skip walk towards the kudzu at the edge of the field. He acted like no one could see him. He disappeared into the vines, leaving behind a puff of dust from his footsteps. In the kudzu jungle, Skip walked a narrow path to a sound of running water. He followed the sound almost a mile to a clearing around a hill. On top of a sandy mound beside the creek bank stood the still. The copper kettle sat on a fire ring made of stones. A metal tube coiled from the kettle to the barrel beside it. Skip kept a neat stack of seasoned oak to keep the kettle boiling. He stashed barrels in the kudzu. The boss man had told him, Whatever happens is yours, see? Skip ran off 50 gallons of moonshine a night, easy. When he got home from the still, Skip could hear Osella outside in the streets whistling. The tune sounded like someone out on a carefree stroll, but the men of the town knew the deal. Skip and Osella made more money than any black couple in Bentonia, working half as hard. They also made more enemies. Since Skip stayed out of the fields unless on his way to the still, he had plenty of time to play guitar. Friday night came, showtime. Skip and Osella ran the juke house right across Satasha Road from the Woodbine Plantation. Osella fried the fish. Skip sold his liquor and played his guitar. Saturday afternoon at the Mac Rollenberg store in Yazoo City, Skip James came in to buy some tobacco. Let me get a can of Prince Albert, Skip told Mac. That's Mr. Prince Albert to you, Mac joked. Skip just stared. Hey, Skip, Mac said. I'll give you a dollar if you go tell that gal across the street, come here. Skip peered out the window and saw his cousin with two other girls. He turned back to Mac. Tell you what I'll do, he said. I'll give you the dollar back after you go tell my cousin friend to come see me. Mac glanced out the window and saw Skip's cousin with two white girls. Skip smirked. 
Hell, I think as much of mine as you do yours. He stepped out and joined his friend Shug Stucky. They walked down Levy Street, and Skip told Shug the story. What you do that for? Shug asked. I act a fool to catch one, Skip said. Shug looked puzzled. I got something to keep the strong off the weak. Shug said, I stay out of it. What, you mean you don't carry a gun? What'd you do in the war? They didn't allow us a taste of killing. Are Germans white? Skip wondered. Shug just chuckled. Anyway, I'm not going up to show that man my hindquarters without knowing anybody more powerful than me, said Skip. I have a guardian. Shook bellowed, thou art the reprobate. Uh. The two men parted ways at the hitching post where Skip had tied his horse. He had a pony called Louisa. She could gallop back to Bentonia without a break. The road curved through the rolling hills, built up with Indian burial mounds. Towers of kudzu loomed overhead. He rode high in the saddle. Skip picked up his guitar off the saddle horn. With shadows falling across him, Skip played to the rhythm of Blue Eyes' hoofbeats. Osella stood over a hot sink of dishes, courtesy of the afternoon crowd. She could hear Skip and Suge up front and a loud banging. No one ever knocked at the Duke House door. Osella unplugged the drain stopper. She grabbed a pint jar of clear liquid and unscrewed the lid. Up front, Skip argued with the revenue man, according to he and Osella's plan. He'd divert the raid and anger the agent as long as he could while she dumped the lightning. Skip said, I'll give you a good piece of advice. Get on your horse and get out of here. You understand that? The revenue man turned red. I'll bring the mob after you, James. Skip said, I don't care who you get. You better not come to this house no more. You see that hill? You better not top that hill, because I got something for you. I got something to keep the strong off the weak. The revenue man pushed past Skip and Sugar and burst into the kitchen. He stopped next to the sink. He asked Osella, What are those empty jars for? Putting up muscadine jelly Sunday evening, she said. If we come back tomorrow, can we get one? Asked the revenuer. Skip tried not to laugh. After the revenue man left, the boss man showed up. You ain't scared of nobody, is you? He asked Skip. Hell no, Skip said. What the hell I got to be scared of somebody for? I'm meat, man. You can't do nothing but kill me. If you beat me to it, you're a lucky man. I talk straight and I don't do nothing to nobody. What I say I mean, and if I don't say nothing, I don't mean nothing. I speak facts, and I want you to speak to me facts. The boss man said, huh, You do well to show a little fear, boy. Skip glanced toward Shook. Some of these old boys scared not to be scared, he said. I'm just like my great-granddaddy come up in slavery times. He'd tell those people, Now if you beat me today... You're going to have to beat me tomorrow. Well, if they come to beat you tomorrow, there's nothing else I can do, said the boss man. I have a feeling I know why you got to be called Skip. You don't know when to shut your mouth, so you got to know when it's time to go. 
The men looked at each other. The boss man spoke. If the revenues come back tomorrow and find anything but jam in those jars, they'll lock the three of you away. I'm crying, I'm crying. I'm in here, no more. If I go to Louisiana, Mama Lord, God, he'll hang me sure. Skip sold Louisa to the boss man and bought train fare. He, Osella, and Suge headed to Vicksburg before dawn the next morning. They knew a piano player there named Little Brother. They found a room on Mulberry Street. In a strange town with no job, they were lucky to have two ways to make money. Skip and Suge got out their guitars to play the street corner. They could hear Osella whistling through the neighborhood. A deceitful female companion, Suge shouted. Man's wickedest enemy and a songster's greatest ally. Shoot, I studied more music off of my horse than any woman. Skip tried to puff up. Same cat scratched her, put his claws on me, he said. But Suge just chuckled. After busking up a few coins, Skip and Suge rolled uphill to a little fish house and hotel called the Blue Room. There, they found out little brother was gone. Had a nervous breakdown right there at the piano. He started playing Vicksburg blues and couldn't stop for hours. Skip sat down and gave the boss of the Blue Room an audition. You're talking about your 4440, but it'll do very well. Skip and Suge packed the Blue Room every night for a week, but Skip being Skip, success didn't feel right. The law could follow their fame right to them, he said. They couldn't afford to remain much longer. That morning, Skip and Suge hoofed up Mulberry to their room and found it empty. Osella had taken everything they had and gone. The blues, man, was all Shook said. The two took their rest. Skip just lay there. The situation put him in the mind of an old Bentonia song called Devil's Dream. When Shook got up, they played it through. It was an eerie wailing song. Spooky as the burial mounds and kudzu jungles back home. That night at the Blue Room, the duo played before another full crowd. An hour or so into their set, Skip saw a white man standing at the door. Little guy, weak chin, decent suit, but not too nice. He's not drinking, Skip thought. He's not looking at the women. And he began to feel nervous. After the song, the man wound his way through the audience to Skip. I came from Jackson to see you, the man said. Damn, Skip thought. Jackson, he ought to be a revenue. Henry Spear, the man said, putting out his hand. Skip limply shook. Spear watched Skip's eyes dart away. Just heard about you at lunchtime, Spear said. Had to track you right down. Skip felt himself getting sick. The man smiled. I run a furniture shop over on Ferris Street. Pretty good sideline of Victrola Records, too. Uh, Skip exhaled. Spear asked, You ever thought of making records? I'm not positive about it, said Skip. You play me something original. I'll have your contract and a little money up front tomorrow, Spear said. Skip didn't speak. Well, Spear asked, You got a song? Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast brought to you by the Blues Foundation. 
The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Beale Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org.